Orgasmic Enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. From C-section to free births. The proper subtitle or extended title would be from C-section and five miscarriages to free births. And we'll get into that. So one of the things I hear most often from women who had a transcendent, empowering, largely independent birth experience is that it wipes out the residue of former births they may have had where they were more entrenched in the allopathic system, meaning they let others tell them what to do every step of the way instead of birthing their children through their own innate guidance and direction. Women who had C-sections have gone on to have triumphant free births at home, which we will hear about later in today's episode. Women who felt that their birth experience was taken from them, and it was, although they also let it be taken, seize their power back over their own wombs and vaginas and become the active directors of their births and therefore their lives. Some of the strongest messaging we receive in our culture is that having a baby is a disaster waiting to happen. It's not something that a silly little woman could do on her own. Nope, she needs a team of doctors, most likely male, although lots more women are getting into the hacking and slicing game these days to save her, and nothing could be further from the truth. All of the education I put out around this topic is to reassure and remind you that you can do this yourself. And in so doing, you will experience a deep transformation, an empowerment, a rebirthing of you as your true, deepest, most authentic, and fierce self because you claimed the opportunity and spiritual awakening that is natural childbirth. So in order to have this kind of orgasmic, ecstatic birth experience means taking the reins early on in your journey, even during conception. We live in an age where humans are so toxic that their bodies regularly reject pregnancies or they simply can't manufacture quality eggs and sperm to create healthy babies. The outsourcing starts here when couples then seek out IVF and artificial fertility treatments to override the messaging they are receiving from their bodies, which is, yo bitches, you'll be really toxic right now. How about you clean this shit up and we try again? I have a great video on natural fertility, which you can check out on my YouTube channel. And I go into the physical elements and the emotional and energetic elements as well. So this is to say that the toxicity and blockages might be physical, but I would say 
way even more strongly emotional and psychological. So how are you closed to receiving new life? Have you left enough space in your world to bring in someone and something new, a rebirth? So let's say you make it to pregnancy and then many these days are fraught with miscarriages. And this is another common problem. 20% of pregnancies miscarry. So if your child is the symbolic entity, the connection of the two of you, then that's another place that we look. It, what, what is the relationship like between the two of you? Because as you work out the kinks and the blocks in yourselves, and the collective of your relationship, you then free up the flow for a smoother conception, pregnancy, and birth. Anything significant that is not resolved between you will show up in your birth. And even before that, in your pregnancy, and even before that, in your conception journey. So then you combine all of those things with the programming and the imprinting you receive around birth, and you have a lot of work to do to clear the space. I interviewed Hannah a couple of years back about her free birth experience in my podcast episode, What is Free Birth? And she herself had been born by cesarean section as well as her sister. And she knew that on an unconscious level, she was carrying the energy of that experience and she wanted to shift it in order to have a clear birth for herself and her baby. And she knew that she would have to do a lot of in internal work, including reprogramming herself. And she did. For her first child, she had a totally sovereign free birth. So no medical monitoring or intervention for her entire pregnancy or birth. She had her baby at home with her partner, their dog, and a trusted friend present. So what's important to know is that she knew that the experience of her birth was imprinted upon her, a neural pathway whole network that would have been set up and that she was carrying the pain of her lineage and what she experienced in her own birth. And she chose to consciously get in there and rewire. So when I was pregnant, a practitioner I was seeing at the time said to me, think of your birth like a marathon. You have nine months to prepare in every possible way, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Most people focus on their physical preparation. Maybe they look at their diet and their lifestyle and some supplements. And I've seen most people really just picking out their furniture and paint colors for their baby's nursery and the rocking chair that they're going to have and the crib that they want to have. To me, that stuff is irrelevant. I never did any of that. Someone I knew gave me a couple of big garbage bags full of gorgeous baby clothes and some cloth diapers and I was off to the races. And all of the other preparation I did was internal and energetic. Apart from eating a whole foods organic diet, which I was already doing at the time, the most important preparation that I focused on and that I believe anyone ought to be focusing on is your mindset, your fears, your internalized beliefs, and then setting to work on reframing and recreating all of that to fit the vision of what you want to have. And so much of the work that I do is about showing people what's even possible to 
to have. And that's why I bring in people and talk to them and have them share their stories as inspiration. So here's what's possible because you don't know what you don't know. And if all you know is what you've seen in mainstream media programming, they call it programming for a reason, (laughs) is pain and suffering and intervention and giving away of your power. That's what you think birth is until someone comes along or some people come along and you get these nudges and messages to say, no, this is completely wrong. And this is actually the way. And to me, the way and the truth is always the answer, the pathway that gives you the most power, that gives you your power back. That is always the true answer. And so that's why to me, the idea of free and sovereign birth is so strongly resonant and was from the start of my own pregnancy intuitively. Like, I know this, my body knows this, I know how to do this. So, but this programming runs deeper than you think, because every single image or montage you've ever seen of birth in popular media is of a woman screaming in pain, being wheeled into a room, strapped down into a bed, and then saved by the indoctrinator who clearly knows more than she does. So this is what we are all carrying. And then if you add that onto your own birth experience, which likely had some kind of intervention, whether it was the standard epidural given to your mother or a full-blown c-section that experience has now been encoded into you but you can change that if you don't consciously work on it though then you will default to the unconscious map that's been made for you ready-made by the culture at large and your own mother and her mother and her mother's before that In today's video, we are talking with our well-fucked all-star couple of the year, Mark and Amanda. Their story is amazing and it encapsulates all of the concepts I have just described. They each had two children before meeting each other, born into the allopathic system, i.e. in hospitals. Amanda's first child was breached and she was told that she needed to have a C-section. And at that stage of her life, she was immersed in the allopathic mindset and even though she was devastated, she complied. Her fourth child was born at home in her bed with just her husband present. This was an entirely free birth and no one attended her pregnancy either. And between all of this was five miscarriages that they experienced together. So their story is so incredible and very entertaining that I am going to let them tell it and how they evolved along the way. Well fucked all stars. All right. So I would love to hear this rebirth story of yours. Uh-huh. So the my passion for having a free birth came about from having a cesarean. I've had four children all together. Um, and the first two children are from a previous marriage. And I was younger, I was 24 years old um, and was in the allopathic system. I went to a public hospital and I lined up and did my every four-week meeting or whatever it was that you had to go be scheduled for to get checked. And at my so 36 years, to have someone yeah, show their hand feel the baby, and, yeah, check everything. Uh, and I went, maybe it was like 34, 35-week check. And they told me that the baby was um, was breech. And in Australia, you can't vaginally, you can't vaginally give birth to a breech baby in 
the hospital system, you're just simply not allowed to do it. So uh, I had a lack of options. I could try to turn the baby, but that was very dangerous and could be fatal to the baby and myself is what I was told. So really scared into I don't know what to do. So, And my husband at the time, he was like, let's just get the cesarean. So uh, the next appointment we went in at 37 weeks and at that appointment, we looked through the calendar to work out what fitted with my husband's work schedule and with the doctor's schedule. And then it was set for Wednesday morning. And the baby was actually, my son was actually delivered at 37 and six. So he wasn't even at the 30, it was just before the 38 weeks, according to my calendar. Um, I cried the whole way into the hospital. I cried waiting to go into surgery. I was so disappointed because I really wanted to give birth vaginally to this child, to my firstborn. Um, however, he was born and he was beautiful. I adored him. We went home and got happily on with life. Uh, two and a half years later, so they're three years apart, I fell pregnant with my daughter and I was so passionate in between this time that I wanted to really have a vaginal birth. So that's called in Australia a VBAC. You can have a vaginal birth after cesarean, but you are given a time limit. So if you're going to go into the hospital, which I still was at this point, um, I think you get two hours to progress. And if you haven't progressed, you have to go have a cesarean. So Thankfully for me, I went into a birthing centre and the midwife that I had, she was amazing. She was so fantastic. She was like, get in the shower, get on the ball, do whatever you want to do. I hadn't had any, I didn't want any interventions of drugs of any sort, so I hadn't done any of that. Um, can, can I jump in? I wasn't on the scene at this point, but no. from, from the <laughs> stories that I've heard, this, this midwife um, essentially gave Mandy the tricks to stay away from the point to, at to which they bypass the system. Yeah. So they, 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 you know, as much as you're only given two hours, you still have to, they have to have measured or done or, you know, mm. and they can't do that while you're in the shower. They yeah. can't do that while you're she on the ball. Like, so she was like, okay, so is it when, when someone shower. comes in, just be in the shower when, yeah. you know, and so you just, you know, you're turning this two hours into, if you needed to, six or eight hours, mm. you know. But as it happened, yes, she was really supportive. She was like, get in the shower and don't get out. Just stay in there if you really want to give birth to this baby. She Her shift ended up, it was going to finish, but she stayed on anyway. So that was beautiful of her as well. Um, but as it happened, my daughter was born within an hour and a half. It was like a 90-minute labour itself anyway. So, But as she was born, I was sitting on the toilet and I was like, my legs were shaking and, you know, your whole body's gone into this, the transition stage. It's, <laughs> you think you're not going to make it. Just, my midwife is like, you need to get up. I really need you to get up off the toilet. I was like, I can't, I actually can't stand up. I can't do it. She went, well, if you don't get up, I'm going to be fishing your baby's head out of the toilet. And that was my motivation. I was straight away, okay, I'm up, I'm up. I can do that. <laughs> so I got up, I think I walked about three steps. And I had my arms at that point around my husband's neck and the baby was delivered between my legs and then she was passed up between my legs and we held her and she was born. There was some beautiful music playing in the background and I was like, I was born to do this. This is the most amazing moment of my life. I just felt so empowered, so beautiful, so raw. It was 
spectacular. Um, yeah, and they were the, those two births. And then I separated from that man and uh, met Mark along the way. And at first we weren't going to have any more children. He had two children. I had two children. It seemed like a fairly happy Scenario. Yep. What we were, and we had our hands full. They were very, they were all close in age. The two, my eldest and his youngest, were 18 months apart. So it was all a nice little, it was a happy little family unit. Mm. And we went along for a couple of years. And then we'd, well, I decided I would like to have another baby. <laughs> a biological clock started screaming at me. <clears throat> and yeah, he agreed. So we tried to have more children. We ended up having, in between um, my daughter and our next child, we ended up having five miscarriages in there um, due to nothing medical that could be found. So we've done a lot of spiritual internal work on that and come up with our own, what we think was behind that. Mm. But then we did fall pregnant and after we'd been told, you won't have any more children. You've got so much scarring on your placenta. You've got... We've got tissue that's been torn away. It's just an unhealthy environment. It's never going to happen. So we're like, okay, great. We're going to but you, just move on. Just to understand that, though, I mean, in terms of fertility and and ability to fall pregnant, I mean, it was it was five miscarriages in about two two years. Two years. Mm. So as much as the we fell pregnant, really. Well, and as much as the doctor was kind of saying, um, you know, it's not going to happen. You know, we, we 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 still felt pretty well. We we agreed we weren't that we we were done. So obviously the universe had kind of said, you know, maybe yeah. maybe it's not. You know, you don't need to have more children. Five um, miscarriages. We really felt like okay, it's not meant to happen. Then and we we do have your two, and we have my two, and we've got our four, yeah. and it's busy. Let's move on. Yeah. So we kind of gave up the. We agreed. That, you know. Yeah. You know. And it was it was. Because five miscarriages is anyone out there who's had miscarriages, and I can't empathise from a woman's perspective, but I can empathise from a man's perspective that it's hard. It's hard. It's so hard on the woman, so hard on the women, and you know, hard on that relationship as well. Because you know, you mm. you know, from a guy's perspective, you're seeing the trauma that your partner goes through having carried that child for a period of time, and then losing it. There's no less loss you know, for a seven or a nine week or an 11 week than, um, than you know, there is on a, you know. You know. Mm. So doing that five times, it's, um, it's, it, it's hard. It so, was intense. So anyway, we lovingly <laughs> agreed that that would be it. Um, and then like you hear in so many stories, you know, having been told you can't fall, so all right, so everything great, we just get back to normal life. We fell again very quickly. Yeah, well, probably we the energy started to flow differently between us, I would say. There was more relaxed energy, more loving energy towards creating something else else, and less focus on mm. creating a child just mm. led to the flow of the universe, I guess. Yeah. So we fell pregnant and it's that intuitive knowing. I just really felt like when that pink line came up and I tested positive, I was like, I just know that this baby is going to stay. Um, sounds cliche, but I really felt like I just knew it. Um, well, she was right. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so we went through the journey of her pregnancy, which was yeah, yeah, we changed we changed up a few things. I got rid of the obstetrician that I had been seeing because when I went to get checked with him at eight weeks, and actually it was the nine week checkup, and the baby was okay. I was telling Mark, I went to that appointment by myself and I came back from it and he said, it's so triggering. It's really hard to walk in there because every time I go in there, I'm reminded of getting an ultrasound and finding out there's no heartbeat, that the baby was not alive anymore. So I was like, I can't, I can't go there anymore. It's really uncomfortable. So we didn't go to that obstetrician anymore. Um, we chose another healthcare provider um, who ended up being a really good friend in awesome. the end and very supportive of what uh-huh. we wanted to do. He was really, yeah. he was an obstetrician, but he was so fantastic. He, he, when we arrived at the hospital and I'd already had the baby, he was like, I knew you were going to do this. And they had supplied us with hospital sheets for the bedroom and things that we might need if I went into labour and it happened quickly, which it did. I went into... I felt my first contractions, which they were so intense, these contractions with my next child, our daughter, that I was in shock. I was like, I don't even know what's happening. I felt really uncomfortable and a bit sickly, like I needed to go to the bathroom. So I went upstairs, um, went to the bathroom, and it was like something I had never done before. I went to the bathroom and what came out of me was, oh, my God, <laughs> that was so intense. And then I got up off the toilet and was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go back to bed. And I took two steps to leave the bathroom and was like, no, nope, I have to go again. Oh, my God. So I sat back down and nothing happened. And I was like, nope, I'm okay. I'm okay again. Hopped up and walked like five steps down the hallway and grabbed the wall and was like, oh. And then I looked up and went, what is going on? And I went out into the kitchen and I was watching the microwave clock and rocking on the kitchen counter, like rocking back and forth, watching the clock. And these feelings, these massive waves of energy were going through my body. And I was like, that was one minute that that had happened. So I did this three times watching the clock and then I knew when it ended I had less than a minute to get down the stairs to wake up my husband because another one would hit and I wouldn't be able to walk. That's how intense they were straight away. So I waited for this particular energy wave to finish and then I raced down the stairs, I flung open the door and I went, I do not know what is going on but something big is happening. And he went, okay. And he gets up and it's two o'clock in the morning. He got up and went to the bathroom and he said, when he came back to the bathroom, I was on all fours on the bed, mooing like a cow. And he said, I knew, oh my God, she's mooing. They told me if she moves, it's happening. (laughs) And he rang the hospital and they were like, is that your wife in the background? Wow, yeah. So I I rang and I said, look, because you've got a ring to say you're coming in. So I rang and I said, look, I think we're coming in. I'm pretty sure she's in labour, and um, and during the conversation, you know, they were like, "Oh, how long has she been in labour for?" Oh, like ten minutes. Yeah, ago. not. And they went, "Oh, do you, well, I don't know if you need to come in yet. Like, give it some time." And during this conversation and 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 exchange of information and stuff, they can hear Mandy in the background mooing, and so then the, the midwife goes, "Is that is that your wife in 
is that your wife in the background? I went, yeah, yeah, she's, and yeah, that's her mooing. And she went, right, okay, so that sounds pretty advanced. So <laughs> mooing must be an international term for a certain <laughs> stage of birth. <laughs> um, and so they said, look, um, I, I would look get in the car as quickly as you can and head head here. Um, and and I went, right, okay, so, yep, we're going. And, and so yeah. we kind of, we packed. Uh, we and, went and, out to the car and it was a new car. We'd only had it for... Like oh, a few eight weeks. weeks. It yeah. wasn't long. So I went to sit in the seat and then I went, I can't get in, get a towel, get a towel because I didn't want to mess up the brand new car. <laughs> so he races in, gets a towel. But you're on the, on the, on the grass? I was walking. on the grass and my water broke. Oh, yeah. no, it hadn't because we felt, I threw my bottle of water. That's right. Oh. My, was my daughter drew a picture of me like throwing the water on the front, yeah. front lawn and then hopped in the car and I said to him, I think the head is coming. We'd only, we were, hadn't even left the street yet. We're like 20 yeah. metres away from the house. And I'm like, I think it's the head. I think it's the head. And he's driving. He puts his hand between my legs and feels, and I'm feeling at the same time. And I went, no, it's just the bag of waters. It's not the head. It's the bag of waters. And then the water broke and went everywhere on the front seat. So in his mind, he's thinking, okay, so I've got like half an hour. Two I thought maybe an hour or two hours. All my After the water breaks. thought processes, your right. water breaks, and then, you know, you're going to have this like two-hour-long birth process, and we're only 20 minutes from the hospital. So we're all good. You know, it's Go. all systems. Yep, take, take it easy, Dale. Put your feet up. I'll get us there sort of thing. <laughs> so we leave our cul-de-sac and drive 400 metres up the road, and I'm like, it's the head. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure this time it's the head. So again, he reaches over and feels between my legs while he's driving and he's going, oh, my God. Okay. So he pulls over That's the, the car. Well, I, dial, I, first, I, dial, I dial triple O so, I, so, so we can go through to the, so I can get some help, basically. Somebody come. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, he and pulls then, over on the side of the car and said to me, are you right? Don't go anywhere. So my one foot was up on the, the <laughs> on the dash, yeah, and the other there. one's like spread out over the um the gearbox in the middle. Stay where you are. I'm coming around. So he runs around the back of the car, and he said, when he came around, there's this head between my legs with little blinking eyes looking towards him, and it was you know the part of the labour where the head spins so the shoulders can come. Mm. She was doing that as he rounded around. Because I had the foresight to not put on any underwear. I wore a skirt and no underwear to get in the car. So he came around to that. She, everything for me, my feet went up on the dash. I can remember that. There was a, a road working guy walked towards the car like, are you guys oh, okay? That was, that was funny because <laughs> when we, we pulled up, it's the middle of the night effectively and the... 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. and, and there's, a, there's road works being done on the freeway where we were travelling and we, we weren't going to make it. We dialed triple O and, and the guy had said, the, the emergency response person had said, so, you know, I, I want you to... Again, put your hand down. Tell me if you can feel the head. I said, I can feel the head. He said, okay, what, yeah. I, what I'd like you to do is just pull the car over. I went, right. And he goes, because you, you're going you're gonna to deliver this baby. You're going to have this baby now. I went, oh, right. So then we've pulled over and, and, and so we're jumping back a little bit, but there's this, there's this worker, this workman <laughs> up ahead. Like a soul, a soul, one guy. No, so not like a group of workmen, just one guy. And so I, I, I 
exactly as Mandy said, are you okay? You, you, right? I, I open the door and I yell out to this guy. I say, my wife, she's going to have a baby. Can you get us some help? And at that point, he's walking towards the car. I get, my wife's having a baby. Can you, can you get us some help? He turns around and runs in the other direction. <laughs> like literally, I don't want to be anywhere near that. We never saw him again. So we literally had this moment completely to ourselves. So, um, and I don't know, I don't know why, but intuitively, so I got out of the car, I ran around the back and I don't know why, but I took my shirt off because, you know, you, all the things you see on the, on, on movies. movies is like, you know, get me some fresh, clean water, get me some towels, get me this, get <laughs> me that. We had nothing. Yeah, you know, we had yeah. nothing. We we're on the way to what was going to be the hospital doing all the work. And we're like, okay, so I've got a shirt. So I take that off. I get around there and, and our, our beautiful daughter's head, exactly as Mandy said, had, had already crowned and come out and then was starting yeah. to, and yeah. So, the, and, I, and then, and then I got to just, I got to hold her head as she was spinning and then she, um, she kind of, so everything for me personally then was like tunneled. Everything went really dark except for this piercing white light that was probably my third eye at that point. And she slid out during that mm. moment of condensing. Everything just whoosh, went down. He's looking down and the paramedics on the phone going so is everything okay is the baby born and Mark's like no there's still a bit of it in her and I went there is nothing in me pick the child up and put it on my chest so he's like, like no no the, still, feet, the, the feet, feet are still, are still there, there. No, the feet are still not. in there no, I'm not pulling the feet out it's like they want that and she's like no no it's out it's, it's out it's it's baby's out. baby's out it's, it's so out. he picks her up and puts her on my chest but at this point I don't know it's a girl we didn't find out we didn't what know we, we didn't know for a little bit so, so he puts his shirt over her and we're holding her and she was really quiet and just blinky and she didn't cry or anything, which for me was a bit, I was like, she's not crying. She, or mm. It's not crying. It's not doing anything. Like, And the paramedic's going, well, is it okay? And I blew on her face to get that reflex reaction from her and she was alert and I was like she seems okay like but and, there and was meconium and I knew that so I was telling him there's meconium um you know there is concern then he was the one that said what did you have your baby was born at 231 what did you have and I lift up her leg and go oh it's a boy look at that and then put it back down and Mark goes I think that's the umbilical cord why don't you take <laughs> another look so I lift it up take another look oh my god it's a Oh. It's a girl. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, that was um and then we, so Mandy's uh she we waited the 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 ambulance or paramedics came yeah. um you know really really like within five more minutes, I think, or ten but we had or well, I think we had about ten minutes to ourselves. Yeah. And which was just it was beautiful. It was just absolutely beautiful, weirdly beautiful sitting in the front seat of the car and just with the baby. Yeah, with this you know this beautiful newborn baby and and then um umbilical cord attached and everything we transferred mandy and bubby mandy and bub to the to the ambulance and then they got to the ambulance they got to the hospital we still went to the hospital and then i arrived i followed and then i cut the umbilical cord um you know what about an hour later yeah which, they pretty much they left us alone really. yeah which is like, which is you what guys we had done so yeah and we really wanted that because we mm. you know certainly mandy had done all the reading on you know you know taking bubby taking all of the the, the nutrients from the umbilical cord so not cutting it straight away and leaving mm. it intact and doing all that sort of stuff so by virtue of what the universe had provided we we got we got 
you know, and we really wanted our, our obstetrician who Mandy said was a, a friend, become a friend and a, and a really good guy. He he knew this is kind of what we wanted. In mm. no way did we plan this. In no way did we kind of go. He knew know, we wanted to be left alone. And yeah. all throughout obstetric care, they were saying, you'll have to be monitored. You just will. It's part of hospital policy. You will have to wear the monitors. And I was like, well, I'm not coming in until it's nearly yeah. done then. Mm. But as a result, my first pains, my first waves of energy that I felt were at 2.01 and she was born at 2.31. So mm. it was really quick. All of that happened in a very short window yeah. of time. So then we fell pregnant again and I was I was more sceptical when we fell pregnant again after all the miscarriages and then having had our daughter. I actually went back to being nervous and worried that we might lose this next baby. But um, my steady man stood by me and kept reinforcing his positive energy. And, yeah, we got through those trying times. Um, and, again, our obstetrician. Same obstetrician. We were like, we, don't, we actually just, we're just going to have this baby. And he was like. He kind of told us. He said, you're not, you, you, you know, don't even. But he, sort of. he still wanted to help us with the care. He didn't want, yeah. he was like. Oh, really, no, no, oh, totally. Come. No, totally wanted, you know. T- totally was there for us through the whole nine months in in just a perfect you know it's like having an obstetrician as a friend really mm. that just sort of well understood. yeah we ended up we had his phone number and had his <laughs> so when we went into when we had our last baby I we'd been at basketball practice for the older kids in the afternoon and we came home and I'd fed them dinner and I was a week over it was like seven yeah. or eight days over my expected due date um and it was yeah I was starting to get to that point in pregnancy my child was definitely at that point in pregnancy where I was like I want to come out on. now like there's people that I knew I had friends that were due after me and they'd already had their babies so I was feeling pretty ripped off by this point I was like come on I just want to have my baby uh, but we were we were we were not we in this in this but for, for our youngest, we were completely set up to not not be going in. So we were yeah. set up to have the baby have at home. The baby. Yeah. Um, we had it all, like he knew what I want. I had a playlist ready to go. We knew we wanted candles. The playlist that I wanted was not what I wanted once I was actually feeling mm. the feels. Maybe it pissed me off. That had to go. <laughs> that was a funny thing that happened. Um, but, yeah, I fed the kids, the older kids their dinner and the baby her dinner and, I was like, I'm going to, I can feel some stuff happening. I can feel, I feel a bit uncomfortable. It's nothing like with my daughter, the one that was born in the car, but it's definitely, it's going to happen in the next couple of hours. So I'm going to go take a shower and just freshen up and get organised. And he was watching TV and he was like, all right, let me know if you need anything. So I'm in the shower and I don't know what he could hear, but he came down and I was holding the rail of the shower head and I'm rocking back and forth making these moaning sounds and he was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go again. So I'm I'm lighting the candles. 
And now he's running and he was sweating because he's gone, oh, my God, I have to get all the stuff. So he's getting the speaker and the playlist and the candles candles. and And setting up the bed with protective towels. Yeah, the the hospital had given us all the... the, They'd given me a ceremonial set of of scrubs as well, which I didn't put on, but... (laughs) Um, they'd also they'd given us the, the stuff to lay on the bed, the absorption towels and all that sort of stuff. So I'm setting all of that up. Um, and, um, yeah, I was still in the shower and then he came to the shower and I was like, I, I need help to walk from here, like a three-metre span. Yeah, it's of- probably three to four metres from the shower to the bed. So I hobble along having, so this, this particular labour went for 40 minutes was another really quick one Mm. but yeah he helps me I was standing up on the wall um like holding the wall and rocking back and forth and then I said I wanted to get on all fours I really felt like I just wanted to be on all fours with my hips up in the air and again we didn't know what we were having so he's (laughs) actually you can tell this part where my water's yeah so So I've I've sort of laid out the the towelling on the bed and um and we have a we have a sort of backing to our bed so Mandy was able to kind of grip, grip onto the headboard and then you know be on all fours but I sort of I looked and I went oh my my toweling's not in the right spot it wasn't perfect Kim so so I'm like well honey can you just can you just lift up your leg I'm just I want to can you scooch. lift your leg can and you I was just... like I. <laughs> This is why men don't have the babies. It's, it's. Now we can empathise no, a did, little bit because I'm a saint. So she, so she goes. So she says, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. This, okay. And then, and then, okay, now. okay, now. And so I kind of shuffle up, try and shuffle another thing underneath. And just this, this the pressure of lifting her lifting her leg. leg. I'm underneath, sort of right underneath her, doing the towel, and and the water breaks straight on top of me, like literally. I'm sort of like. Are you okay? Oh, and it just hits me straight. <laughs> so I've got all the amniotic fluid and stuff all over in my all over my face, <laughs> all over my mouth, and, and in my mouth. And it's just again, it, it's obviously to a lot of people that'll sound not so nice, but it was just the whole thing was just beautiful. Mm. Like it's just so natural and and raw. Um, and then he's mm. it was our son. He started to crown, and I feeling your own baby's head coming out of your vagina is the most humbling and raw experience. It was spectacular. So I'm feeling this wrinkly, scrunched up little head. And he, God bless him, so I'm trying to feel the head and he's going, get get your hands out of the way. Get out of the way. Let me do what I got to do. freaking baby. I'll touch the baby if I want to. So we're like fighting over who's going to touch the baby first. (laughs) And, of course, Mandy gets to touch the baby first. But I did get to feel, I got to feel the baby's head and even. even he actually, like, he held the head as. As it came out and then as it turned and, um, you know, that, like, the, you know, a lot. Of, and he was talking me through it, like, the, it's head, the head's turning now, the head's turning. And I was like, yeah. yep, okay, just breathing yeah. through that. And then I was able to say to him, okay, I'm ready. Like, the shoulders are going to come. And they just, he just slipped out and Mark oh, just, yeah. like, caught him. Literally caught him. And passed him up between someone on fours, so passes him up, and I hold him in my chest, and we're both just in this other world. So he actually had the foresight to take photos too. Yeah, I don't even photos of that exact moment. I don't don't even know know how I did that. 
And he was like, what did we have? And I could feel in my hands that it was a boy. I didn't even need to look. I could feel his testicles <laughs> in my hand and I looked and go, oh, we had a boy. So yeah. it was just, oh, it's but, still emotional to talk about it now. Yeah. It was so beautiful. And and the the imprint, for me, the imprint of his head in my hand as, mm. as he crowned and came out, that that's a shape that and a feeling it just, you know, you feel so much in your life in your hands, but that I can feel it today. Like he's now seven. I can still feel it today retelling the story. Yeah. I can put my hand on his head now, which is much larger. You know, he's obviously growing up, but I can feel the same. That moment. And it just, it's, it was just beautiful. Really just. But the, this man, the, the work my wife did in that. Well, I was just going to say, as a woman, the cycle of having a cesarean told you have to do it with fear to then giving birth VBAC in a hospital with a supportive midwife to then going to a private hospital with an obstetrician and ended up giving birth in the car to then choosing to have a home birth in your bedroom was the cycle of those for me to come full circle is so healing and so I actually still use it now in my life um I feel like with those experiences, there's nothing I cannot do. Like things will pop up in my life and go, if I can give birth in 30 minutes on the front seat of a car or if I can give birth after a cesarean and it took me 90 minutes, if I can, anything that I can do, even sometimes it'll be sprints on the treadmill and I can bring it back to, if I can do that, I can do this for 45 minutes. Like this is nothing in comparison. So the body is an amazing, amazing vessel. And having Mark as my supportive network, the the atmosphere that he helped to create both in the car and in our bedroom, but also throughout the whole pregnancies, it allowed me to feel so safe and surrendered and open that the fact the length of the birth themselves speak volumes to how safe and held I felt in our relationship and with you thank you but it's it's very much like a duck so on the surface you're kind of going yeah everything's okay and underneath you're going oh my god like, <laughs> with, with, with the birthing birthing it, our, it our daughter to, um, it speaks to your masculinity as well um, that you can step up and jump I, into it was, that role. Uh, but I, I I just I see it, it as a gift like like I mean you know not, not to differentiate yourself from other people but I mean, hundreds of years ago, you know, women were giving birth to their own babies, like all the time. It was done. It was the only thing that was done, you know. Um, and you know, now, I mean, to look to look at all the ways where I'll say encouraged, and from the point of encouragement to then being forced to have babies in a timeline and in a in a in a, in a space that's suitable to the to the to the allopathic networks it's just you can, when you step when you start to look at it it's pretty you know it's, it's pretty awful so and then so I didn't necessarily feel all of that 10 years ago or seven years ago but in hindsight now having birthed our, our daughter you know by accident in the front seat of the car and then to have made all of those choices and have had the support of our obstetrician that's part of the allopathic system but sort of goes no no you're 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 healthy you you're you're educated 
Um, you understand the risks. Um, you also understand the risks of coming in because, you know, certainly there's uh -huh. always talk about the risks uh -huh. of doing it on your own. You know, statistically speaking, you want to look at the risks of going into a hospital and having a birth. You, you know, you, you'd, be, you'd be having more births at home and I'm not here to lecture or, or, or do anything like that. I'm just about once you know, once you have the information, once you understand, you know, and, and we did have all the information. So, you know, our obstetrician, who's part of that network, went, you know what, you guys will be fine. You know, here's my mobile number. Call me anytime. If anything goes wrong, I'll be there within seven minutes or nine minutes to your house. Mm. You know, this is not a service that's provided by the by the system. This is, you know, so this was just through the through the relationship that we built with with it. So for me to for me to be able to we did ring him, but only to tell him we'd have we, a boy. we had it. We got it. And he, <laughs> He, you know, he's like, I knew you would. Yeah, I knew it. I knew that. <laughs> you know, as a man, to be able to, to, um, you know, to just have that experience, like we don't get that. Like, and it's, it's just, well, and it's created a, it's created created a platform for us that we've just then built on. Mm. Um, you know, in to have done that together, to have lent into one another and trusted one another, and created that space for one. I mean, I wouldn't have been comfortable with Mandy home birthing if she. If she wasn't as confident and as self-assured and self-aware and in tune with her own body body in every way, you know, you'd just be like, oh, you know, what are we setting up? Yeah. But it wasn't the case. So as much as she sort of credits me with some of the work, I, you know, I, for all the women out there that have had babies, you kind of know you're doing pretty much all the heavy lifting. So <laughs> it was just nice. to. It was really nice to be a part of it. Yeah, it was beautiful. Hello. Beautiful example of some of the principles that I talk about in this realm where you're the tenor of your relationship then is that support so like whatever I say that whatever shows up in bed shows up in life and whatever shows up in bed shows up in birth and so couples who have a lot of unresolved issues between them will usually that will then come out in the birthing situation mm -hmm. but nobody makes that connection the same th way that most people wouldn't think that whatever is happening in their sex life is a direct correlation with the expression in every other part of their life and and so mm. it's wonderful that even then, before this work, you already had enough of that connection established to be yeah. able to facilitate that. And, you know, your births are testament to that. And I love the tricky way that you, like for that first free birth is really what it was, that mm. you were kind of, maybe you weren't fully there yet to have the baby at home, yes. like declare that, but you're kind of, but you sort of, <laughs> like your way we're of getting so, around that psychologically was like no we'll yeah. have it in the car on the way there we thought, so. that. we thought that at the time we were like universally we actually manifested that we would end up because one of the things I really wanted was a salt lamp that was in my I was like I want the salt lamp on and I want some meditation music on and I had been listening to opening and surrendering mantras while I was driving around in my car before the birth of my daughter in the car so that's what mm. came on while we were driving. Mm, so this was, right, I yeah. am open. That's right. I am free. So could be, I don't know how, you know, I'm not very IT savvy. So, but when we, as soon as, so Mandy had been listening to that sort of stuff pre-birth and then like as soon as we got the in, in the car, that <laughs> came on. It was already, however it was all set up, it was just preloaded and it came on and it was like, and then, you know, within literally then, 12 minutes of getting in the car, 
And where we stopped on the side of the road, because it was 2.30 in the morning, it was that orange lamp light that's on the side ah, of the road. Yeah. So it was exactly like a salt lamp yeah. with the, the meditation music and only him and I were there. So in my birth plan, that is exactly what played out. We were just in the car. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and just coming back to what you were saying about um, what shows up in your life shows up in birth as well. Not that I would <laughs> recommend it or wish it upon anyone, but going through five miscarriages together, the what that strips away from you, there's, there's nothing in between the space, that clean glass that you talk about, mm. the way that we processed the miscarriages and what was happening in our life for both of us and as a couple but separately how we felt we communicated very clearly sometimes very heatedly sometimes very emotionally sometimes lovingly Mm. but Mm. there was always always coming back together lovingly but yeah I mean I have likened it and said that we like burnt down and rose again like the phoenix after everyone because Mm. each miscarriage actually made us stronger they were awful and really really challenging but then we would come back stronger than the time before and each that would surprise me each time I'd be like I didn't think we could get Mm. any stronger Mm. and then when we had our daughter we just thought this baby has to be the clearest vessel that has ever been bought earthside after having Mm. that many miscarriages my body must be so clear. <laughs> mm. And we and we thought that, you know, we, we kind of thought that there were five, she, she, you know, she was the product of five five spirits. Numer- you know, five. If you're into numerology, she is a six. And, yeah, right, yeah. Right. and her birth, her numbers add up to a six. So, yeah. And they're also that forwards and backwards thing. Yeah, you can reverse her birthday. She was born the 21st of the 3rd, 2012. So her birth is 21312. So she was pretty, and she was born at 231. So she's a real, yeah. We definitely felt like she was angel sent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. um, Well, about the miscarriages, because, you know, for many people, I think, you know, the average person wouldn't be looking at miscarriages as an opportunity to clear space and to yeah. process stuff between you, like it's, this analogy of up in bed. If you use it that way, because I think a yeah. lot of people might feel victimized from it. They might feel that they are a factor versus cause. And you may well have had those feelings throughout, but Absolutely. to yeah. look yeah, to look at this though as like opportunities. Well, what do we need to clear space with? Because obviously you cleared so much space that that yeah. baby came busting out in 30 minutes, right? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a testament to having done that space clearing, but to use mm-hmm. those opportunities. And I just love what you said because I'm sure many people will resonate with those feelings, but that you've used those moments as Phoenix rising opportunities to rebirth yourselves and rebirth your relationship and to do even more work right and then at the time when you really let go and we're like all right then we'll just let go of this now and surrender Uh this and stop trying to have another baby then you you do have a child and Mm. they come flying trusting i guess trusting each other trusting what you've done well and seeing that it was like questioning it's happening for you 
not happening to me. It was like, was, mm. what can we learn from this? Why is this happening? It was. It uh, Miscarriage is like, and I'm giving, I'm giving it to you from a man's perspective, which is just, I hate doing that because it's like trying to talk about a birth. I can't, I can't, but it is, it's, uh, it's horrendous. You know, like, I mean, from, from, for me, seeing my wife miscarry and then um, and, and truly going, you know, leaning in and going on that journey with her and then, you know, five, we had five and then fronting up to do it, you know, fronting up to try again. So each time, you know, I'm going, oh, my God, you know, my, I, don't, I don't want to see my wife go through this again. I don't want, you know, mm. so it's, it's, you know, you have to stay, you know, and then I'm, question, I'm questioning my masculinity, like, I mean, so do I stop it? You know, number three, do I go, no, no, no more, mm. no more, you know. Uh, but, but you can't. And then you, when, as you've said before in your work, when one person wants one, mm. there's really not much you can do until they work through that. Yeah. And I still really wanted to keep trying. So, yeah. And you weren't opposed. You were no, no, no. It was, it was absolutely yeah. not about not having a baby it was like not experiencing that pain it was just again. watching watching my wife and I mean I have I have pain attached to it as well you know um but but not the same as obviously a woman carrying a child for a period of time and then losing it so you know to watch that that oh, that trauma that real um but then work together and and, and as Mandy said kind of rise up slightly differently exactly. you know look look and, and assess you know do you know are we like you said, are we doing it? Like you said, are we? Is this happening to us, or are we, for or for mm. us? And then you know, having that evolve over that eighteen month, two two year period, and then reach a point like it wasn't beer and skittles. It was like okay, not meant to be. Okay, we'll 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 get on with another chapter in our life. So and we, and we did. We we actually started bought a business and started to move into that mm. area, and you know, within two months buying the business which Mandy was running. We went, oh, by the way. <laughs> My boobs hurt. <laughs> and I'm pregnant. That's how it came out. I was on the back of the bike and I was, every time he put the brakes on, I'd lean in and go, oh, gosh, I'm uncomfortable. And then we were at a restaurant and I got served eggs for breakfast and I took one look at them and went, oh, my God, that's disgusting. And we looked at each other like, no, wait, wait a second. What's going on? It's the telltale sign. No. And just, I know I shared about um, our daughter and her numbers and the, the birth of her. If you can take all the energy of those five miscarriages that we had and bottle it into one child, that's the last child that we had. <laughs> he is the biggest bundle of energy and he wasn't entirely, he wasn't not planned, but he wasn't. Yeah. Like we wanted another one, but we weren't actually like fully there yet. No. But he came. He was yeah. like, I'm here and I'm here to stay. And, and I'm here putting my stamp down. And he is loud. He's delightful. Yeah, lots of, <laughs> lots of love, lots of, you know, all the right sort of energy, lots of love and lots of, you know, he's the one that goes, my mum my, my is so beautiful and we're so lucky, Dad, that, we, you know, mum does this and mum's amazing. And, and But at the same time, I mean, he's the guy doing parkour down the street when we go for a walk or, you know, he's twenty four seven. Can we go to the skate park? Can we go to the beach? Can he's we... five babies in one. Oh yeah, he's he's a, he's a lot of energy. It's good. He keeps us keeps us both pretty much on our toes. So, but yeah, yeah, just yeah. In reflecting on it, just mo the most beautiful journey. Journey those um 
Those all of them yeah. culminated together. As I said, but it's it's your journey as well. But yeah, yeah. having cesareans, hospital births, car births, and home births, it's very special, pretty spectacular. <laughs> you, you've got to be a pretty unique individual, which is, which is my wife. But you know, to to have a cesarean and to be told just so categorically that you're not going to be able to deliver naturally in in the system ever system. again. And, I mean, as much as Mandy talks about the journey across the four children and ending up birthing our youngest at home, that was the journey, without her knowing herself as well at 24, that was who she wanted to be at 24. She wanted to birth that baby, and if she'd have had more information and more knowledge at the time, that would have been her wanting to birth that baby at home, naturally. And if I was pregnant now with a breech child, I wouldn't go to hospital. Yeah, and but that's just us. That's that's yeah, where we are at on yeah. our journey. But. Yeah. But so she, you know, so so even to then have have that happen and then go, you know what, I'm gonna no, I'm I'm gonna give I mean the odds statistically, if you want to look it up, you know, the number of women that give birth naturally after a after a C-section would be very low. Mm. Not because they can't. But because again, you the, get your time the, the information limit. is not a lot. You're you, on the clock. You're literally, it's the, yeah. It's Even just, surprisingly, my, my first birth was a cesarean. My second one was vaginal. I thought my third one would be considered, you can do whatever you like. No, I was still considered VBAC. Yeah. All my pregnancies were considered VBAC because of the first one. Even though I was like, but I've now, so with my fourth baby, I'm like, I've given birth twice vaginally. Like, mm one of those times with total unassistance. So, but they still consider, no, you've had a cesarean. So that was when we were like, we don't really want to do that then. We're going no. to stay home and have yeah. a baby on our bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the, as we said, that's that's our journey and not everybody is the same. So. Mm. And there's no no judgment. It's just that's our journey and it's been beautiful. It's good to have that information though because, I mean, I, I my exposure has only come through the experiences that we've had and I would have been very my first two were born allopathically our oldest two which were mine to a previous certainly born allopathically and for me there was no other thinking my my own my new thinking came about by meeting loving and marrying Mandy and then you know her wanting to give birth at home and just wanting to support well, not her wanting to give birth naturally and support that which then evolved into due to the system I want to give birth at home. And I'm like, well, yeah, let's let's do that, you know. And, and then so the more information I was able to get, um, the more I was able to say, well, you know, actually this is, you know, this because you're just riddled with fear mm. and you're talking about your own child. So you're like, holy shit, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put this baby at risk, mm. um, which, I, which is totally where we all come from as parents. So, but, uh, you know, when you, when you just get, get some genuinely, transparent information about you know and and just do all the research just find the right find the right birthing support people find the right you know and and just if you have a look you know take take the journey like like, like your work make us make a start and and have a look and see where it takes you well it's so similar to the whole sexual process where 
there's so much misinformation layered over top of our own natural instincts and birth is as the culmination of the sexual act is exactly the same. There's so much misinformation and fear layered over our natural instinct and ability. And so if you actually do the research, you'll find statistically it's safer <laughs> giving birth at home than it is in a hospital, mm-hmm. but we're not, we're just told the opposite, even though it's mm-hmm. a blatant lie, you know, it's not even yeah. true. But there's so much fear around it. And so those who truly do take it upon themselves to research and educate themselves and simply honor and trust their own bodies, honor and trust that within themselves, they have that power and wisdom. They just need to tune into it. And your your process for getting there was, I would say, those five miscarriages and whatever else, you know, to facilitate that deep introspection, to clear that space. Um, mm. and fully own that power. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And we certainly look at it the same way. Mm. Yeah, very lucky. Yeah. We are. It's yeah. lucky, but it's work. I mean, it's, you know, oh, yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. have said yeah. that very casually, yeah. but I'll just acknowledge I don't think it's luck. <laughs> I think yeah. it's the product of a lot of deep inner work and introspection yeah. and using radical self-responsibility. Luck is yeah. very minimal. And um, lucky, luck in finding one another, I guess, or the universe providing us one. I'd still say that's like the product of your good karma and magnetizing like attracts like, right? So if you've done a certain amount of work, and (laughs) that's true, then you're magnetizing each other at a high level. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that'll be wonderfully inspiring for people to hear, especially around miscarriages, that, you know, that they can pull through that, and especially what you Mm. went through and where you came out the other side. It's a really beautiful, beautiful story. Mm. Yeah, thank you. And our hearts go out to all Mm. those people that unfortunately experience those sorts of pains. So having, yeah, having experienced it, it's... um, yeah. yeah, certainly. It's hard. Mm. But there is another side to it. So you do come out. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Right, thanks, Kim. I love this story for showing the evolution of a woman and a couple moving from the allopathic system and restoring their own power back into themselves, and that they recognized that in the processing of the various miscarriages they had, despite going through the emotions of loss and grief, they also looked at them as opportunities to clear space and examine what in themselves and in the relationship could be contributing to this growth that's not taking hold. That is the position of power, of taking control of your life and realizing that you are the creator of your reality. Once they'd done that much clearing, the baby was born in 30 minutes. My entire Sexy Mama Salon is devoted to exactly this, removing the old and bringing in the new. I go deeply into all the factual information and dispel the allopathic myths and pyramids 
pyramid scheme slash snake oil that is the industrial birth model and how home and independent birth is truly the safer and healthier option. I show you how to remove your fears and blocks and internalized programming around all things birth and reset you to the place of your deep internal connection and knowing that we all have. Every woman can have a blissful pregnancy and orgasmic birth. This is how it was meant to be, and I will show you how to get there. The Sexy Mama Salon is open for registration and begins today. You can sign up at kimanami.com and look for Sexual Savant Salons and click on Sexy Mama. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.